Maryland basketball lands a huge commitment. You are locked on turf, your daily podcast on the Maryland turf. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked on Terps, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com to get started. The Terps get a huge commitment from four-star guard Malachi Palmer. I, there's a ton of stuff to get into today. Of course, we're going to talk about this commitment that just happened. And we also got to get into the very exciting bowl game that Maryland pulled off a victory over the Auburn Tigers. We'll get into that after we talk about Malachi Palmer, but plenty to get into. I want to start by saying I apologize because I couldn't. I recorded a video of a post game after the Auburn Maryland game, but the quality was so bad. I tried it a couple times. I tried doing different things, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't postable. I'm not sure why, but hopefully I got that fixed and figured out. But I do apologize because I didn't mean to get a post game out there for you guys for that game. But let's talk about some. Good news that just happened. Some amazing news. The commitment of Malachi Palmer. If you guys don't know much about him, I'll tell you everything you need to know. He's basically um, currently attends Mount Zion Prep in Baltimore, Maryland. Just made his commitment live on Instagram Live about, I want to say it was about an hour and a half ago, give or take from when I'm recording this at 2.43, but from when you guys are watching it, maybe today he made his commitment on Monday or whenever you guys are watching it, he made his commitment on Monday, which is honestly pretty cool to make your commitment on January 1st. A great way to start the new year as a Terp. Happy New Year to all you guys as well. But he does attend Mount Zion Prep, like I said, in Baltimore, Maryland. And he had a whole service in Pennsylvania for it. It was pretty cool. He said anybody was invited. There was food. Family talked about what, how hard Malachi has practice how hard he has worked in school in the classroom and it was it's a pretty cool little Instagram live he did post it on his Instagram if you want to watch it he posted the full 14 minutes of his family and coaches and all these different people saying amazing stuff about Malachi and it's clear to me that the based on the stuff that he was saying of course it's coming from family and friends but he's made of the right stuff it seems like. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I love this kid. He's a four-star on the 247 composite ranked rankings. He's ranked as the 119th player in the class. He's the 23rd ranked shooting guard, and he's second in Maryland. If you watch his highlights, he's the three-level scorer that can get to the rim. He can shoot the three ball well. He can do everything. I love players like this, and I think this is exactly what we need on this Maryland basketball team. Team, like I said, he can shoot the three ball, 
pretty stroke. His stroke is a nice looking jump shot. He can get to his spots. I love guys that can get to their spots, get to their mid-range game. Like a Jameer Young, he can do some of that. He can get to his spots in mid-range. He can also get to the rim, finish with the left, finish with the right. Malachi Palmer is exactly the type of player you want in the program. And I've talked about it with our team currently. I don't think we have enough shot creators. We have some shot makers. I don't think we have enough shot makers right now either. We don't shoot the three ball pretty well at all. But we don't have enough guys that can create shots for themselves. When I think about guys that can create shot for themselves, I think of Jameer Young and Julian Reese as our top two players. Of course, Jameer Young coming from the point, he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off the cat. He can do it off of different things, but he can create offense on his own. And then you look at Julian Reese, he can create offense on his own down low. But outside of that, I don't see a lot of shot creators. And Jameer Young is gone next year. I look at Deshaun Harris-Smith as a potential shot creator. I think he does an okay job of doing it right now. He can get to the rim and different things, but I still think he needs to do a lot better of a job of that. My point is Malachi Palmer is a shot creator. At least what I see in high school, everything gets a little bit harder in college, of course, because it's a different game, different physicality. But what I see from Malachi, he can get to his spots. Like I said, he can get to his mid-range shot. He can shoot the three ball. He can play off ball. He can play on ball. He can play pick and roll. He can get to the rim. He can pass the ball. You know, when you watch him, you don't see a clear weakness in his game. When I watched Deshaun Harris-Smith and when I watched Jamie Kaiser. There were things that I said, okay, like they're going to have to for sure work on that. We knew Deshaun Harris-Smith's jump shot he was going to have to work on. I knew Jamie Kaiser wasn't going to be much of a guy that could create his own shot. He was going to be more of an off-ball player. And that's nothing wrong with that. Every player that comes into college basketball has something to work on. But Malachi Palmer, I think, is a really complete player overall. I don't think he's all that different than from Deshaun and Jamie, even though he's in terms of the ranking, he's ranked as about the 119th player in the class. Basically, on all recruiting websites, he's somewhere around that 100 range. But I don't think he's all that different from Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith, even though they were higher on the recruiting ranking. I don't think that they're a lot different. And that's not a slight to Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith. That's me saying I'm really impressed what I've seen from Malachi Palmer overall and I think one thing he's done for sure which I noticed because on 247 they got him listed at 180 pounds and he's talked about this he has been in the weight room this kid has gotten a lot stronger he's ready to go into the Big Ten and play physically he looks ready he's about 6'5 I would guess about 210 right now 205 he's got some weight on him some muscle he's added some weight and some muscle on him and it's good muscle it's going to help in the Big Ten, of course, with body contact, getting to the rim. It, it helps in every every way of your game. you got to be strong to play in today's game overall. But he's definitely added a lot of muscle. He's been in the weight room. Shows that he's worked hard. And like I said, I think this kid is made of the right stuff overall. But why is it such the biggest reason why it's a huge pickup for us? Because we had no commitment so far in the 2024 class. Not one. And Jameer Young will be go- will be gone next year. And we didn't have anyone that – we didn't have a single recruit in the 2024 class. The room was empty. And it was a little bit weird. It was like, are we going to get someone? Like, I was like, are we just going to plan to use the portal? Like, what's going on? Like, are we going to land someone? And Malachi Palmer had been crystal balled to Maryland for – 
while. That's why I wanted to wait to this episode because I wanted to talk about him because I thought he was going, he was projected to commit to the Terps. But this this class has been empty for a while. So you wonder if the Malachi Palmer situation can attract Derek Queen. I hope he goes and talks to Derek Queen and gets Derek Queen to come because Horse Dare Queen is the next kind of ripple effect in this class. If you say you have Palmer and Queen coming in, two guys that can make an immediate impact, it's a really big deal for the Terps. But it's going to be interesting because we have a lot of guards right now over these last past couple of classes. When we look at the 2024 class, you look at you had you had Deshaun Harris Smith and you had Jonathan Lamothe. And Jamie Kaiser, I guess you think of more of as a forward, but you can kind of think of that and put it in the category as they're all kind of those kind of guard wing type of players overall. And you had those three guys all commit last year. And then you look at, you get Malachi Palmer, which I think he plays the pretty much same position as all three of those guys, to be honest. So you look at it and you say, are we going to be able to can't or keep all those guys? Because, in today's college basketball and college world, it's hard to keep all those guys. That's just a question you have to ask. I expect them all to be back next year. I mean, you never know what can happen, but they're gonna have, they're gonna be competing for playing time. They're gonna be competing for minutes. Malachi was told that he could play right away from the coaching staff, and I, I agree. I think he could play right away. But all those guys are gonna be competing for time. But I also think it's a good thing because I think we're set up pretty well in the guard spot. As long as these guys develop and become really good players overall, I think we're set up in the guard spot pretty well. Deshaun Harris Smith develops his shot and Jonathan Lamoth continues to get better and Kaiser gets better off the dribble. I think we're in a pretty good spot in terms of guard with Malachi Palmer coming in in terms of death. Jahari Long will be back next year. Of course Jameer Young will be gone. I mean, that's still kind of going to be concerned. We might have to get a point guard in the portal. But overall, I think this, the thinking kind of shifts to the big man in Derek Queen overall because we need a big guy down there because we don't have like a highly ranked big man in our class. And Julian Reese is going to be gone soon. So landing Derek Queen could complete this class and really take it to the next level. But getting Malachi Palmer is huge because I love his game. I think he's going to be such a good player at the next level because he can do a little bit of everything. I think he's underrated as a recruit, and that's a big reason why it's a huge commitment. But it's also a first commitment in the 2024 class. But all the way you shape it, all the different things, all the different conclusions I have about this kid, it's a huge commitment for Maryland's 2024 class, and I can't wait to see what he does overall. The first commitment in the Maryland 2024 class. Let's talk about the Maryland Bowl game, and Maryland makes a statement against Auburn. I can't wait to talk about it. I'll talk about it after this ad from FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in new explore tabs, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Fandle, the official partner of the NFL. Maryland football makes a statement against the Auburn Tigers in the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee. Maryland goes out with a bang to their 2023 
season, I guess you would say. A great game from Maryland football. I could not be more proud of what they put on the field against Auburn football. The Terps absolutely crushed the Tigers 31-13. We looked better than them in pretty much every way you put it. Talk about special teams. You talk about offense. You talk about defense. The Terps outplayed Auburn in every single category you looked at overall. We looked more prepared. We just looked better. And I don't think Auburn is, we're necessarily more talented than Auburn at all. I just think we had a, the better coach um, today. I think we just had the better game plan. I think we had everything was basically better for the Maryland Terrapins, but it was an absolute statement from Coach Loxley and the team. And it starts with Coach Loxley. He had to balance recruiting, game planning, and all these different things that happened. The transfer portal, the transfer portal, recruiting, and game planning for Auburn. And he's made some big commitments in the transfer portal. Just got those two offensive linemen, one coming from Georgia, one that was committed to Penn State that he had to flip. MJ Morris comes in the portal. Cornerback comes in the portal. We flipped Braden Lee from South Carolina. Jordan Seaton situation, even though we didn't land him. I know Coach Loxley was working his butt off to try and get this guy to flip, and it looked like for a second he might flip. So Coach Loxley had to balance all that stuff, recruiting, the transfer portal, and getting a game plan ready for this game against Auburn. And I think he did a great job of all of those things because I think we did a great job of finishing off the recruiting class. I think we did a great job game planning for Auburn. I think we did a great job in the transfer portal. So credit to Coach Loxley for this game. This game was an absolute statement. He outdid what Coach Freeze did, the Auburn head coach, who also had to balance out all these different things and recruiting and all these different things. And yeah, they're bringing in five-star wide receivers and all of that different stuff in their recruiting class which is very exciting for Auburn football but Maryland did a better job of having a better product on the field today and not letting all that other stuff get in the way and I think Auburn honestly did let some of that other stuff get in the way I think they probably were more focused on recruiting and who knows which one's more important to focus on I mean I'm sure you rather have those five-star guys for sure and all those different players that they add and a couple flips that they did. But this was still a huge bowl game for Maryland to win. And without Talia, we won without our starting quarterback. They had their starting quarterback. That's a big reason why it was a statement. Quarterback play was still impressive without Talia. Huge question mark about Coach Loxley going into next year. Can he win without Talia? I was thinking about this earlier. It reminds me of the talks of the Brady and Belichick talks. Was it more Brady? Was it more Belichick? It seems now today that it's more Brady for sure, especially with the downfall of the New England Patriots overall. But when I think of Coach Loxley and I think of Talia Tungaviola, I think of it as a similar thing. I mean, the program was a dumpster fire before Talia got there. And when Talia came... We start winning. We start getting to bowl games. We win three straight bowl games. So is it more Coach Loxley? Is it more Talia? Coach Loxley still has to continue to prove that he's a great coach without Talia, and I think he is. But the winning started when Talia came in the Coach Loxley era. That's just how it was. So can we show that, or can Coach Loxley continue to show that 
It wasn't Talia that he said that this offense is quarterback proof, that any quarterback can play well in the system. And it's kind of a little bit of that Belichick Brady kind of stuff. Can he win without Talia Tunga Viola is something he has to prove. And it started with that win, that statement win against Auburn. I thought the quarterback play, like I said, was impressive. I thought Billy Edwards did some really good things. I thought Cameron Edge had the throw of the year, maybe. Did some really good things. We'll talk more about them later. But we're going to talk about the quarterback carousel all offseason, I'm sure. But I was very impressed with the quarterback play from the Maryland Terrapins overall without Talia Tung Viola. And then overall, just the whole entire team playing without Talia. You don't want to discredit what Talia brought as a leader, as a player overall. But I also loved how we started the game. And I think this a big part was coaching, the script. I loved how we scripted the start of the game with the big screen pass to Roman Hemby for 61 yards. And then Billy Edwards gets a rushing touchdown. And then the defense is... Then the defense forces a three and out. And then another scoring drive. I think we were better. We had a better game plan coming out the coming out the beginning of the game. And I think that's a big part is to what Coach Loxley did in game planning. Coach Gaddis, Coach Summer, all those guys did a great job. Coach Williams, DC, awesome job of game planning. I think they did a better job than the Auburn staff of game planning, a script to come off to come out of the game and do. So I think that was a great job coming out hot at start. And I think that was a big key of the game. Think about Auburn. They can't really throw the ball all year. They don't have a receiver over like 400 yards this year. They don't throw the ball very much at all. So what does that tell you? Get up early. So the script to start the game was extremely important. And the Terps did a really good job with that script because that was a key to the game. If you get up early, they don't really want to throw the ball all over the place. They don't want to have to throw the ball to get back into the game. And Maryland did a great job of getting up early to this game. So I think they did a really great job of that overall because that's a huge part in beating this Auburn team. Because if you let Auburn get up and then they start doing the run game and Payne Thorne gets involved in the run game, then it's hard to it's hard to beat this team. We saw it against other teams they played. They had a lead against Georgia. They had a lead against Alabama. It's hard to beat that Auburn team when they have the lead overall. But I also think this game was going to be decided by the run game. I said it in the pregame Pre-game um, podcast, I said that this game was going to be decided by the run game because you thought of Auburn, like I said. Peyton Thorne had over 500 yards rushing. They don't throw the ball much. You thought of their starting running back, Hunter, was a really good player who is coming back next year that could do some really big things. And you thought of Maryland without Talia, the game plan was going to have to shift with Billy Edwards starting, and it absolutely did. You think of Billy Edwards as a as a as a runner, you don't think of him much as a passer. You think he has some inconsistent in his accuracy and different things in the passing game. And those showed, those definitely showed up. That's basically how the game went. And I said, whoever outrushes, whatever opponent rushes for more yards is going to win the game. And that's what happened with this game. I saw, I saw, I saw Maryland, Billy Edwards, and the rest of the Maryland team run for more yards than the Auburn team. And I think that was a separator in this game. I think Billy Edwards legs and being the leading rusher from the quarterback position with 13 carries four fifty yards really made a huge difference overall in this game. But I think it's also a great job of Maryland limiting Jarquez Hunter to 13 carries for 44 yards. But that was definitely a key of the game. Like I said, without Talia with Billy Edwards starting and what Auburn does run the ball 
I think, and with Peyton Thorne over 500 yards rushing this year, I think a big part of the game was how well are you going to stop the run overall? And then I also think the game was decided by the big plays. I think the run game was a huge part of it, but I think it was decided by the big plays that Maryland really made. I was really thinking about this, and if Maryland doesn't make some of these big plays, it's a lot closer to the game. I'm not saying Auburn like wins, but it's a lot closer to the game because you talked about I talked about the Roman Hemby screen pass for 62 yards on one of the first plays of the game. And then you got the Cameron Edge bomb to Caden Prather, which was a one-play touchdown. The Roman Hemby screen pass basically almost was a one-play touchdown. And you think of the pick six by Glendon Miller. Those three plays right there, that was a 21-point, right? Those were That was 21 points right there on three plays. The huge screen pass to Roman Hemby, the Glendon Miller pick six, and the Cameron Edge bomb to Caden Prather to like the one-yard line. Those were seven points each basically right there. And if the, if the Cameron Edge throw is overthrown a little bit, which is definitely a possibility, I think it's more likely that it's overthrown or underthrown or Caden Prather drops it, then it's a perfect dime and Caden Prather catches it. Or the Roman Hemi screen pass doesn't go for 62 yards or Glendon Miller doesn't get a pick six. It's a different type of game. So those big plays, I think, really change the game. I think that's what the game overall was decided on but a great game and a statement was made for the Maryland Terrapins. Maryland got a glimpse into the future. Maryland saw some young guys step up big. I'll tell you about that next. Maryland's young guys stepped up big for the Terps. Let's start with the tight end room. This is what bowl games before I get into the tight end room. This is what bowl games are about. You have opt-outs, you have transfers. It's a big audition for next year, and it's about young guys stepping up. And the Terps young players did a great job of stepping up and giving kind of that preview into next year. You get a chance. Don't let it go by your hands. Don't let it slip out of your hands. These young guys did a really good job of not letting it do that. I'll start with the tight end room. With Corey Deitches out and Rico Walker, the talented freshman, leaving, there was a question mark at the tight end room. And with... Corey Deitches, you thought of him as one of our best players on offense, and can the Maryland offense be as good without him? He was an all-Big Ten type of guy, electric in the receiving game. I always called him a mismatch, and he had 49 receptions for 491 yards and two touchdowns this year. He's a big-time player overall, a big-time loss, and I had question marks about the tight end room with I kind of expected Corey Deitches to be gone next year. I don't know exactly why, but I just thought he would be gone either to the NFL or somewhere else because he's given a lot to the Maryland program. But I thought we would have Rico Walker, who was that talented freshman that decided to transfer out, but we don't have either. And instead, we have Preston Howard and Dylan Wade. Those two young guys look really good from a tight end spot. Of course, Preston Howard was tight end two all year. And Preston, I want to talk about Preston first. He got a lot of time this year, 13 receptions for 160 yards, was tight end two throughout the year. We saw him against Rutgers go for two receptions for 49 yards, had some big time catches. And besides a couple of drops in this Auburn game, which he has to clean up, he had some he had a really nice touchdown play. But Preston doesn't know how good he can be. That kid can be so good at 6'6, the way he can run. He runs like a deer. He's a big guy. He can be a pretty solid blocker, too. He was used as a blocker a lot this year, but I think we realize how good he is in the receiving game, too. But Preston can be an NFL player. He's a threat in the red zone. He just has to work on some of the drops that he had in the Auburn game. I, I haven't like seen him drop a ton of passes in his career. He's made some amazing catches, honestly. But 
Preston Howard next year, tight end one. He's going to surprise some people. He can do some really cool things at 6'6". Like I said, red zone threat, but also just a threat everywhere in the offense. And I really think he's a freak, and he doesn't know how good he can be. And he has some traits that are just that a lot of people are just not born with. And then Dylan Wade, we haven't seen much at much this year at all, but he did have a touchdown this year, but he had two receptions for 18 yards and a touchdown. He got overshadowed by Rico Walker in terms of freshman tight ends, but Dylan Wade really looked good. Definitely looks like he was ready to play the entire year. And when his chance was going to happen, then he was going to take advantage of it overall. But Dylan Wade looked really good overall coming from the tight end room. So those are our two starters. It looks like next year overall and then I was also impressed with cornerback Perry Fisher with Tarheeb still out and Gavin Gibson in the transfer portal and Corey Coley in the who transferred to to NC State Fisher had got a chance to play a lot and we haven't seen Perry Fisher he's been buried in the depth chart was a high school quarterback but we knew that he had some traits and some switchiness to be able to make some plays and to be able that we thought we'd be able to develop him and he has a lot of God-given talent overall and that's what he showed to pass deflection covered really well. He was definitely like, if I had to choose a defensive MVP, I think it probably would have been him. He looked really good, especially for not being able to play all year. And Maryland, Maryland continues to turn out good corners. It looks like to when they play, they look like good players overall. And Perry Fisher did a good job of stepping up into that role. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're here every day talking Maryland football and basketball. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Purdue-Maryland basketball game. We're going against the number one team in the country. So make sure you like and subscribe for that. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.